Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show. On today's show, I'm joined by Naji Kara, Paul Hope and Gareth Ellis. Hi guys, how are you doing? Good evening. <laughs> good afternoon. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Evening, Hello. <laughs> okay, so today we'll keep this short. So let's get cracking with the game. I think it's fair to say that I think all of us need to start predicting scores with our heads <laughs> rather than our hearts. I think yeah. we can all agree on that. Well, to be fair, though, we didn't know that IU um, can train Williams and, you know, um, where the house was missing. We didn't Bourne. have the COVID and yeah, Kendrick Bourne. Um, we didn't know all of that was mm. yeah, going to be missing. I think that's a fair comment and I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot to put that down in my notes. I, yeah. I think it's quite odd that because of the number of injuries we've already had and then we've had three, four players put on the COVID list for a false positive, I think it's quite strange that the NFL forced this game to go ahead purely because it was Thursday Night Football and the, and the money. I, I don't think that's... It, that definitely doesn't sit well with myself. I don't know about you guys. No, definitely not. I think, especially when you saw, you know, games being postponed or swapped places for one player. Uh, and I understand that the situation has changed a lot uh, compared to week two or three or whatever. But, yeah, when you see the, the Patriots... Chiefs games getting pushed a, a day or two because Cam Newton's got COVID, um, you know, and it impacts the game or whatever. What, what what about this one? I mean, it's not even just us, is it? You know, they they didn't have any running back if Aaron Jones didn't suit up, which was kind of up in the air. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't really like it. It's kind of like double face almost, you know. Some people get treated one way, some people get treated another. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, it is what it is at this point. I think our season has just been that kind of season anyway. Yeah. If it's going to happen to somebody, it's going to be us this year. Yeah, it's come, it's come up on a Thursday night, isn't it? As, as If we were yeah. playing Sunday, all those guys would have played. So, um, yeah, <laughs> obviously it's our first run in with with the COVID, and it's happened on our our short week. Obviously, so it, it nothing surprises me about this season anymore. I'm I'm just happy to see that the stadium is still standing. So you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let, let's talk about the game. What what was your view of the game, Naji? Uh, so uh, I think I said it to you guys in in the message. It's like, are you guys ready to watch some week four preseason game? Because that's pretty much what it felt like. It's just such a low level of football um, on our part, anyway. I thought, um, and even though we were in it until the ref decided, to me, the ref decided to switch momentum on uh, uh, on on a couple of plays, which is kind of. You know, when you're struggling and nothing's going against you, if you get a couple of bad calls, then you almost kind of just go, you know, F, it, F this, let's, you know, whatever, right? But I, I thought that the holding on Richie James on that big Jamaica ST run uh, in the second, I think it's early second quarter, which puts us in a, in a second and 17 or something instead of a first down, almost in a red zone, um, 
which obviously just kind of canceled the drive, which is already hard for us to move the ball when we've got people like River Crackraft or whatever, um, guy that had one catch in his entire career play for us. Um, I thought that was a big blow. And then and then the pass interference on Verrett after that, a couple of plays later, basically, just basically the nail in the coffin at that point. Um, with, on, on two horrible calls, to me anyway. Uh, and I'm, I'm not calling the refs on it because I don't like doing it. It's just, you know, they're humans like us. I'm not saying they were wrong. I'm just saying that was a big blow for the team in terms of momentum. And then we just couldn't, after that, I thought they kind of gave up. Which was a shame because um, we're moving the ball fairly all right considering the level of talent we had on offense um, in the first half. Um, could have been could have been worse. Obviously, could have been better. But I think um, Mullins showed exactly again why he's a backup and why he's. We've probably seen the best of him. Um, you know, when when he played that great game against the Raiders a couple of years ago, I think that was probably his best game ever, and will always be. Um, yeah, what to say? Uh, you know, it's a bunch of backups. I think we played well on defense. I think Fred Waller's again showing why he's an All Pro, and I don't think he'll win Defensive Player of the Year purely because uh, we're just going to keep getting blown out if our offense kind of move the ball and obviously they're not going to give it to somebody that to a team that finishes down below so but i think he's he's he's, he's our one shining star at the moment in is uh, is a joy to watch um but apart from that yeah, it's it's hard to make any any judgment on a game like this what do you think paul no i agree Najee. i mean i know lee touched upon our predictions it just seemed so long ago we made those predictions. Mm, <laughs> and then yeah. the, the news came out with the players we're missing. And you're right, Nadji, COVID, everyone's got to deal with it. We're not minimising the seriousness. But like what Lee said, if this was a Sunday game, a false positive, those three guys are back in. Now, I'm not saying we were going to win with those three guys. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers and Adams were a class act last night. I know they were up against, like you said, our third, fourth, fifth string. We expected this in some regards. We... What I love about our team and our fan base, we all got up one o'clock in the morning and we all sat on our sofa, got cups of tea, fireballs, whiskey, <laughs> and we were watching the game. And I don't know, for me, it felt a bit like the 2018. And you're right about the momentum when Carcraft went ugh, for a split second, I thought he'd scored the touchdown. Yeah. Obviously, I was trying to be as quiet as I can in a house with three children asleep and the other half asleep. And I was like, yes, texting my mate who was a Green Bay fan. And then it was like, hang on, there's the reviewing it. And we all knew, didn't we? He, he didn't yeah. keep hold of it. And like you said, it just, I don't like to call the refs either, but that, that delay of game, the missed, and then the next player, it gets the questionable pass interference. You see it, it can go both ways, but you're right. It just kind of, it was done. And well, so the, the pass indifference to me, what, what annoys me the most is that for it to be a pass indifference, the ball has to be catchable. And that ball's never catchable. It's like four yards at the back of the end zone. So that's what annoyed me the most. Yeah, the playing hands in, but like that was as soft as it gets uh, as, as a PI. Um, I think last year, uh, uh, the, you know, the rules of challenging still being placed, that would have been challenged and we would have won it easily. Um, yeah, I think that was a terrible call. I mean, for me, last night, the 49ers needed to do two things to be even in with a chance. We needed not to turn the ball over. 
not give up yeah. big players. And yeah. to be fair, I think we'll all agree we, we didn't do either of them. Um, <laughs> no. yeah. I don't know how you feel, Gareth. You want to <laughs> add to what me and Andy have said? Uh, sleep deprived, I think that's probably how I, how I feel. But yeah, I think that the 2018 season um, is is a good analogy for it. Really, you know, we're just watching those games and and just sort of having to having to laugh. Really, I think it maybe yeah. not everyone's going to share that sentiment. But you know, what what can you do when you when you're you're down to to pull in these guys off off the practice squad and and suddenly you know you've got Richie James as your number one receiver who, yeah. who did incredibly well 184 yards is is not to be sniffed at uh, we came up against a, a very very good team I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Packers are in the NFC Championship again um, Championship game again um, they've improved since last year obviously Aaron's on it. it it shows what you can do when you have a top quarterback uh, I. There's possibly, I don't know if we could do positives and negatives, really. I think I've wanted to try and keep it on positives. Uh, Richie James was good. Uh, Ross Dwelly had a reasonably good game. He he always seems to. He's he's not George Kittle, fair enough. But when he comes in, uh, he, he does a job for us. Um, yeah. Less said about much of the O-line, the better. Um, but the one thing it certainly struck me about, yeah, Mullins makes some poor decisions and some poor throws. But the difference in our approach to the passing game, how many times did he com- complete passes to James and others, which are that 20, 30-yard air distance? I don't think Jimmy's even attempted those this year. That yeah. that, that that positive approach, throw, throwing that, attacking the middle of the field between the numbers, that just seems to have vanished from uh, from Jimmy's game. And Mullins is happy to give it a go. Now, whether, whether that's the play calling or, or obviously the management perhaps of Jimmy's injury. I, I don't know, but it, it, it was at least nice to see the offense really kind of trying to go for it with some chunk plays. It might be the fact without our, without our running game, we, we knew we couldn't sort of chew the clock and, and, and go for long six, seven minute drives, but it, it was nice to see Mullins couldn't execute it fine, but he's, he's a backup and he's coming and he's come across a good team who are fired up. And, and clearly, you know, they owe us one because we, we took their manhood away twice last season. So, yeah. you know, they're going to be fired up. Um, and so are the Saints next week to, to look forward. <laughs> but um, yeah. We are where we are. We have got we've got the players that we, we are scraping together and putting out on, on, on the field. And we're fair enough. We're not competitive, but we're not. You know, we haven't lost that. We haven't been shut out. We move, we've moved the ball. Um, you know, we've made some plays. I've got to try and find something good in it. And there were a couple of good things. So, no, I agree. I mean, you've said there, Gareth, I think looking at the opposition, Aaron Rodgers and their headquarters are on the same page. And look, mm-hmm. it showed. I mean, we all, quarterback play seems to be what we talk about on the 49ers. You've got to give credit that long ball for the touchdown. Was it Scantlin that caught it? I, I don't think Levi's has seen a throw like that for a long time. And I just thought <laughs> that's going to add to what you've said there, Gareth, what an elite quarterback. And let's face it, that's what we're looking for, isn't it? We want someone to come in. And look how comfortable he looked last night. Um, and I don't know what you guys think, but for me, it's always when he gets those three players as well. Do you know when there's a flag on the player and they continue it and they just let him air it out? I don't know any other team that takes advantage of that rule than the Green Bay Packers. And I agree, Gareth, I can't see that they probably will be in the NFC Championship game if they keep on going. They surprised me with running the ball straight out of the gun. 
you know, like Nadji said, we didn't even know if they were going to have a running back. And then, um, you know, there's Jones, first four runs of the game. But it is difficult to try and take some positives, but I still stand by what we've all said on this podcast. We are a good football team when everybody's fit. And let's just get to the end of the season and see what we can do next year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a tall order to ask anybody to prep to prep for an NFL game. Never mind trying to prep for an NFL game within a day. When I think, you know, uh, Troy Ekman said it, where Kyle had his plan to, you know, a heavily feature Brandon Ayuk and and Kendrick Bourne, and then all of a sudden he's got like 12 hours to scratch down, have a new plan with people you've not really seen ever. And then same for Robert Saleh, right? And because you you could tell, some people might say, oh, but our defense was still kind of all together, even though you know we're still missing massive parts like Sherman and Bosa versus their offense. And that's kind of where the game was. Had our defense played that side and stopped, stopped the Packers, we could have won it. But we prepped for a game without any running back. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Jones is in. And then you could see uh, the first few drives, he just ran all over us. A, because he's a very talented player and, you know, he's that kind of guy. But B, I don't think we were expecting it at all. We we're expecting them to have Tyler Irving in there or, or somebody like that. So, I, I mean, as hard as a game, this is as hard as a game we will ever have to play. Like No practicing because the facility was closed. So you have to do everything on Zoom from home. And that's not quite what football players do. And then... This is just the game plan is uh, basically written, you know, in the car on the way to the stadium or something. It's just to, to you know, the fact that it was kind of a two free score games and we didn't give up, you know, 40 plus points and managed to put a little bit of points on the board and, you know, have a, a receiver uh, over 150 yards. I think speaks, as you say, you know, Paul, it speaks of, to the to the team. We've got a good team. And I think if we want to look at positives now that, I mean, we're all thinking it, so just say, yeah, I think this, this season is in the books. Um, I think the loss to Seattle was probably probably it for us in terms of, it's going to be hard to come out. Had we been in the NFC East, we, we might have had the chance, but this is the NFC West and it's, yep. it's going to be very difficult. But well, let's use this to, you know, give reps to people like Ayuk and Richie James and, and make those guys better. So next year, when everybody comes back fully, fully fit and and everything, then we'll have an even better roster. And hopefully, Carl can use these these few games to try out things and open up, you know, open up the playbook. And as you say, Gareth, like maybe try long passes a little bit more often. But I think I don't know what you think, Lee, but I think it speaks a lot. It speaks volume, the confidence that Kyle has had in Jimmy or has in Jimmy uh, when you see Mullins just airing it out like that. Yeah, completely agree with that. And I completely agree with the um, the comment about what we look like after the Seattle game. And the fact that's pretty much... It, it, it kind of shows us what the rest of the season is going to be like. Um, if, if you reevaluate the season, my good feeling is we'll finish 7-9. and nine putting us somewhere between 10th and 16th in next year's draft. However, I can't rule us out winning any additional games post-week 12 when we were due to have the likes of um, Richburg, Sherman, Ford, Mustard, Blair, Wilson, mm-hmm. Garland, all back. 
So we, yeah. we might end up winning a couple of more games after uh, week 12 that have got us down for losses to push us to nine and seven. But the, the good feeling is it's going to be a seven and nine year. But anything is possible. And, and until we are mathematically out of the playoffs, I certainly won't be giving up my eternal optimism because <laughs> if there's a chance, especially this year with being, there being an extra playoff place, I'm saying this year, going forward, there's going to be an extra playoff place. I think anything is possible, even with a record at seven and nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. So when you look at the players that we're going to get back towards the end of the season, um, there's talk that we'll have potentially Kittle back for the very last game. If we're in playoff contention, I think he will play. Jimmy, we're not sure how long he's going to be out for. They're talking about surgery on a high angle sprain, which bemuddles me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, that they're still talking. I think they said five, five, six, seven weeks for for Jimmy, so he could potentially be back. Whether or not that's a good thing, not quite sure, because like you've just said, I think I think Shanahan has a lot more confidence in allowing Mullins to throw downfield than what he does with Jimmy, and. I'm not quite sure why, because Jimmy has had some downfield throws, some really good ones. And the one that springs to mind for me was the one I was there for, and it was against the Packers last season, where he hit he hit a wide-open kittle. But maybe that's the thing. He was hitting a wide-open kittle. Had it been remotely close, I don't think he'd have made that throw. So, yeah. so that's the thing. We, we look at last night's game, and again, I'll go back to what you said, Najee, at the start of the, start of the pod. Mullins has showed us that he is a backup quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't agree with the fact that he's hit the ceiling yet because I, I still think he can be better than this. If he learns to cut out the mistakes, he, he can be better. But last night, he showed us where he was good, making some good throws. He also showed us where he was poor um, with the interception and some debatable throws to try and get the ball out when he was getting sacked. So he needs to think about that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm going to hold my hands up and say Justin's school was my fault. <laughs> because after the last podcast, and I mentioned about trading Trent Williams because Justin's school did uh, admir- admirably mm. last season, he absolutely stumped the place up last night. He, they absolutely pounded on him, picked on him all game long. So I'll hold my hands up there and say that that's potentially well, my fault. Sure, but also... You know, Trent Williams went down with COVID on Wednesday morning or whenever they, they decided. So, um, how much has Justin School played this season? You know, you can't just rack up to, you know, turn up and expect to be in, in form, especially if it's just somebody like Zedari Smith or Preston Smith. You know, these guys are, they're, they're not the best pass rusher, but they're not, they're pretty good. Um, I'm, you know, it's not, it's not that easy to just, oh, oh, you're playing. Okay. Well, Good luck out there. Um, you know, you've not been in for almost a year or whatever. So just get up to, you know, to game speed in, in like a day um, after traveling to Seattle. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't really fault anybody for, for a performance like this. On the short, it's already hard to play on the short week when you have your full team. Never mind when you've got like fourth string. But I mean, you know, when you've got Brunskill playing center, it's, I mean, who was next to play center if Brunskill was hurt? It was a, with Kyle Cohen and style snapping the ball or something. It's just, at this point, you can't really say anything to anybody. It's just as difficult as it is. Yeah, right. Uh, it is. The, the L-line didn't 
you know have a have a good day at all. But it, it was it was completely shuffled, as you said. Yeah. Um, there was people trying in in different positions. I think we saw saw the the guy we we drafted, Colton McKivitz. I'm sure I saw him in a couple of. He uh, was, yeah. Like, yeah. And Tom Compton. It's yeah. It's it's an interesting question. I don't know that Jimmy would have had a better game than Mullins with that O line, no run game and no receivers. So yeah, some of those are on poor decisions. But you know, Mullins was he's got nothing to lose. He's trying. That yeah. you know that third down where he did throw the interception. He's like, well, you know, I'm going to eat the sack. He he he's got nothing to lose as he he gets. If he sits on the bench for the rest of the season, he get he probably gets cut. If he goes out and throws several interceptions he gets cut he's at least he's i think trying to be do something positive yeah. um and as as you said lee maybe he's only this is only what his 11th or 12th start across two or three seasons he, he needs some time to warm up get in a bit of a rhythm hopefully we'll hopefully he'll be given another game against uh, the saints you know it's in a dome hopefully some receivers will be back hopefully trent williams will be be looking after his blind side um, and we might get a better chance to see see what he can do. So it was you can't escape his, his poor performance. But you know, other than perhaps a handful of people, where was there a good performance on that on the offensive side? It's I think good. it's I think it's fair to say as well, Gareth. As fans, we were all given Mullins that benefit of the doubt that we've probably given Jimmy for other reasons this season. Like you said, Gareth, the O line wasn't there. He was trying. And I'd seen some stuff online last night saying that the game was like the one against Seattle. For me, it wasn't because I know we were bullish going into this game. But realistically, we all knew we were up against it. And when the COVID thing happened, I sat down last night fully expecting the Packers to win. I was just pleased we scored points. I was pleased we made some plays. And I was pleased with certain aspects of Mullins. There was that one in the first half where it looked like four of them were absolutely about to nail him. And he just got the ball away. And I thought, do you know what? Jimmy wouldn't have got that ball out there. The no, he would have done his little pirouette. And, and you're right, Gareth, I think for me, just let, leave Nick in. There was some call last night for, for CJ to come in. Why? Let, let Nick have a run run at it. Like, You've got to give him a few games to, to, to warm up and, and see what he can do. Um, and, and yeah, I, I thought though, those passes over the middle, there were a couple of very errant ones, but obviously he connected with, with Richie James for some 20, some 30-yard completions. I was looking at those, and I think Jimmy wouldn't have hit those because he'd have already checked it down to McKinnon and we'd have got three yards and punted. Um, so at least he's looking down the field. He's constantly looking past the chains in a way that Jimmy just... Has has looked down the field. Oh, there's nothing. I'll drop it down to McKinnon. We get three yards. We it's fourth down. We're we're out. I was, saw that too much. At least at least Mullins was having a crack. So, like Nadji said before last night, we knew it was like a preseason field. I know the NFL were trying to build it up as an NFC Championship rematch. Yeah. We we had three players that played. None of the main offensive starters touched the ball. Like you said, Nadji, it wasn't an NFC Championship rematch. It's no. not as if Nick Mullins was the only change. I could understand a bit of criticism today if we were sat here and we had the same O-line, same defence, and the only change was Mullins for Garoppolo. It wasn't that. So I'm not too disheartened, but I didn't quite reach for the fireball last night, Lee. I kept myself sensible. I'm not sure about you. <laughs> no, I didn't have anything to drink last night. <laughs> I'd have been fast asleep if I'd done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't super entertaining as well, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But but it could, you know, as I said earlier, I think I didn't. The revs decided to switch the momentum of the game, and 
if if Craycraft, whatever his name is, Car Crush, uh, Car Crush, yeah, <laughs> catches that ball and it's seven seven, and then you know maybe the defense makes another stop and we go on top. Maybe we win this game. It it wasn't actually. I mean, yeah, it was a big down as soon as they got momentum. They just, I mean, Devontae Adams and Rogers showed why they're elite and top. I mean, you know, but it wasn't. It could have. We could have been closer and we could have won that. It's just. Uh, everything was against us and it's just it's hard to win already never mind like this there is another positive that we all missed the 49ers had a sack on the quarterback by yeah. Willis yeah. I know that, yeah that, that awesome. certainly made me feel like oh the good old days <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was I was I was going to mention that good to see the guy we just traded for at least at least step up and have something yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I didn't really want to single out too many people, but you, you might remember last season we had a guy on our defence called Eric Armstead. Apparently, yeah. he still plays for us. Uh, he just been anonymous this season. Um, I know it's you know it's tough on the B line, but he's he's the big owner there. Somebody's got to provide some spark and leadership, and he's he's just anonymous. Well, it actually, I don't think he actually is. I think he's getting a lot of attention. And we've said it a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, he's not going to get the numbers Ego and Buckner over there and Boss over there and Ford over there because yeah. what well, he used to get one-on-ones. Now he's getting, he's probably getting double team on every single snap mm-hmm. because he's our best D-line. And people know we're not blitzing, so you can afford to even maybe triple team him sometimes. But I do think he's playing... At quite a high level, he's graded quite high on PFF. Uh, it's just what defensive. Li- I mean, just if you look at stats, yeah, he doesn't have sacks, but he also doesn't really allow. If if the run goes his way, usually he gets stopped. He's plugging gaps. He's doing his job. I mean, it's it's difficult. It, the lineman is is an ugly. It's ugly work. Um, and, you know, there's a reason there's no stats for all offensive lines. And the only stats that really matters for defensive lines somehow is sacks. Well, they do way more than just those two things, you know. Um, I think he's playing well. Um, I, I understand that he doesn't look like it. Um, but he, he's not Aaron Donald, that's for sure. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I, I'd like to see more. I agree. I'd like to see him, you know, in people's face and stuff. But... It's it's not easy when you basically by yourself and you've got a rookie next to you that's that's learning um, and and is is making a few mistakes here and there, um, but I mean you know it, it I think it'll get there eventually when Kenlo and Bosa's back and Deford decides to play for us at some point. Um, and you you know chemistry is a thing as well. You, you play with the people next to you, and if you don't really know what they're going to do or what, how they're going to react to certain players, you you have to account for that and take a step slower or something. So, uh, I mean, I think that's the least of our worries, Armstead. Um, and if it turns out not to be good, we can save a lot of money by getting rid of him again. <laughs> I think yeah. it was... what I agree with both you and uh, <laughs> Gareth Nadji. <laughs> to be fair, Gareth, I was on the same page last night. I was thinking, ah... Oh, the fact that he's got the new contract, we let Buckner go. And I think that's the thing at the back of our mind, isn't it? Buckner's gone into the Colts and the Colts are playing well. And I know Armstead's contract was more team friendly, like Nancy said. And I think 
that's another reason why I'm remaining positive. When you look at the way our team's set up, we've got some possible cap room moving forward. You know, we, we talked about in the last podcast, we can get rid of Jimmy, needs be. Like Nadji said there, if Armstead isn't up to scratch, they can get rid of him. So it's going to be a lot of changes if people don't ship up, you know. But it is a difficult one with the team we had out last night. But we've got the Saints to focus on. Brings back good memories of our time in Edinburgh last, last year. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Right, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And uh, like I said, we've will keep we kept it short this week. Shorter than previous episodes anyway. So Paul can now go and crawl back into bed and catch up on his beauty sleep. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> now you can continue drinking all over the weekend. Yep, that's the plan. Got nothing else to do anyway. <laughs> uh, and Gareth, you need to get yourself back to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks once again to everyone that listens to the show. We'll be back next Friday with the preview show for the Saints game. If you haven't done so already, please rate us on iTunes and remember to subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcast when they are released. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. Until next week. Stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurts, stiff far going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. We're all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.